let's get straight into it. Romans chapter 1, starting at verse 7. That's where we left off the last time we were in Romans. Quick special hello to listeners in Germantown, Maryland. I always love to see where people are coming from who listen to the podcast, and it's, it's actually spreading quite a bit and all around places I've never visited. And uh, so that's one of the places where there's quite a few listeners, it looks like, or maybe just one person that listens a lot. Either way, it's great. And I really appreciate you listening. I uh, wasn't sure if this would be helpful or not. And it seems like it is, at least for a certain type of person like you and like me. So thanks for listening. Share it with anybody you think it might help. And if you think of anything that would help me make this better, email me at truesleepfeedback at gmail.com. Romans chapter 1, starting at verse 7. Paul is still introducing this letter, and now he's going to talk about who he's addressing it to. And he writes, To all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints. So he's writing to specifically people in ancient Rome. So go ahead and just pull up in your Google image search in your mind, ancient Rome. We've all seen enough movies to have some sense of what that looks like. Just take about 10 seconds to get the visuals in place. Yes, they were Christians in ancient Rome. Paul is writing to them. He says, to all those in, in Rome. And he identifies them in two ways. Who are loved by God, first, and then second, and called to be saints. So let's just think about those for a bit. If you are a Christian, even if you're not an ancient Roman, which you're not, you are loved by God. That's just one of the most simple, foundational truths that Christians need to remember and not just move on beyond and forget. You are loved by God. So just take it bit by bit. You are loved. Now, perhaps... I hope not, but perhaps you are someone who maybe feels unloved right now. Maybe you've not been given uh, very good attention by your spouse, or maybe your parents have spoken harshly to you if you're a young person. Uh, maybe maybe your children have not appreciated you very much if you're a parent. Maybe people at work seem to either ignore you or treat you badly or... Uh, in society at large, maybe you don't feel like you are one of the one of the loved ones, one of the popular people. Well, you are loved, and you are loved by God. And I realize that can seem sappy and almost not even helpful, because God is love, and so it seems like, well, of course, He's going to love me. That's just what He does. But it is meaningful. It's the most important thing. You can be unloved by every other person on earth, but if God loves you, you have perfect love. You are perfectly loved. So let's just take some time to just think about the fact that as Christians, God loves us. I'll give you about 15 seconds, 20 seconds. Just think about that generally.
I have a way that I have tended to teach this. I only have a couple of illustrations that I recycle. I'm not a very creative guy, but this has always helped me to think about it. When my kids were really little, they're not real little anymore, but when they're really little, I wanted to teach them a little bit about unconditional love because that's how God loves us. And I wanted them to have an understanding of that. And so I would sit down with them, uh, my son or my daughter, and I would tell them good night. And I would say, I love you. And then I would say, do you know why I love you? And we, we would do this every night for a long time. I haven't done it in a, in a while because they're teenagers now, but, but they knew the drill. So I say, do I love you? Let's say if I was talking to my son, do I love you because you're so funny? And he would say, no, because we've been through it. And I would say, no, I do think you're really funny, but that's not the reason I love you. Do I love you because you're such a good boy? And he would say, no. I'd say, that's right. I do think you're a good boy, but that's not why I love you. Do I love you because you're so smart and you do so well at school? No. I do think that you're really smart and I'm glad you're doing well at school. That none of those are the reasons that I love you. I love you because you're my son and I'm your father. And that is never going to change. If you stop being funny, my love for you isn't going to change because you'll still be my son. If you uh, stop being good, you start rebelling or being uh, hateful or not cleaning up your room or whatever. I'm still going to love you because you're still my son. Uh, if you stop being smart you get bonked on the head and you're not so intelligent anymore and you don't do well at school or you have to be held back or uh, school just gets too hard or whatever i'm still going to love you because you'll still be my son and that's never going to change and i would do the same thing with my daughter uh, with her attributes that i liked about her just making sure that they know that my love for them is rock solid steady and secure just by virtue of the fact that I'm their father, they're my children. So I share all that with you because that's the way God loves you as a Christian. His love for you is completely secured in the fact that you are his son or his daughter by the adoption made possible by Jesus Christ. When you became a Christian, you were saved from your sins, but you weren't just saved from your sins. You were saved into a new relationship with God the Father, where all that was forgiven and forgotten, and now you've been completely embraced and accepted as God's child through adoption. So you are loved by God. Now, with that in mind, maybe a little bit more flesh on the bone of what it means that God loves you. Take another 15, 20 seconds to reflect on the fact that he loves you, period. Unshakably, unchangeably, because of Jesus Christ. Think about the fact that that means on your very worst day, when you don't have your quiet time, you don't read your Bible, uh, when you lash out in anger because you're tired and you didn't sleep well, when you don't stick to your diet but you overeat and eat a bunch of sugar, uh, when you don't do good work because you feel sluggish or just lazy, um, you watch something you shouldn't have watched or whatever it might be, whatever it is for you. 
even on your worst day, God's love for you remains steady at maximum. He loves you maximum all the time. And even on your best day, when you do have your quiet time and you speak carefully and you eat well and you do you do all the things right, his love for you still remains steady at maximum because his love for you is based on Jesus's performance on your behalf, not your performance. So just reflect on that maximum all the time love that God gives you. To help you get a little bit of grip on this idea, think about the opposite. If it wasn't like this, if God's love for you did depend on your moment-by-moment performance, what would life be like if that was the case? I'm very grateful for Jesus Christ and that God's love is steadily, or not steadily, but it is um, immovably anchored because of Jesus. But let's look at that second idea. He says, to those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints. So as Christians, we are not just recipients of God's love. We are also called into a whole new identity. Uh, So we're not just passive recipients. We are called into something new. We're called to be saints. Now, if you come from a Roman Catholic background, you have probably a different idea of sainthood than what Paul means here. The Bible teaches that all Christians are called to be saints. And what it means is we're set apart. We are called to be holy, set apart unto God, to love him and know him and live by his ways, and therefore to be separate from the world. We're going to look different from the world because we are saints. We are set apart, sacred, holy people now. Not because of our inherent holiness that we've developed on our own, but because of the holiness given to us by Jesus Christ. So you may have, if you're a Christian, you may have lived a very unholy day today. You may have just really succumbed to temptation, but your core identity isn't that. It is as a saint. That's who you really are. As a Christian, when you live in sin, you're living contrary to your true identity. Who you really are is a saint, called by God to be a saint. So let's reflect on that for a bit. What does it look like for you to live in light of this calling to be a saint? At what points are you most tempted to live as if you are not called to be a saint?
Now, I tend to assume that you listen to this at night when you're trying to get some rest. So with that assumption in mind, think back over the day that you just lived. And just think through the, the beats of the day, just the rhythms of the day. Were you living as one who is loved by God and called to be a saint? Think about the morning you had. Did you live as God's beloved saint? Think about the late morning, early afternoon. What were you up to? Were you going about that time of the day as a beloved saint? Think about lunchtime, early afternoon, who you were with, what you were doing. Were you living in light of your identity as one who is loved by God and called to be a saint? Now picture in your mind your late afternoon, your early evening. Were you living in light of your identity as one who is loved by God and called to be a saint? And finally, remember your dinner time and, and evening and late evening into the night the most recent part of the day, have you been living in light of this true identity of yours as a Christian, that God loves you and has called you to be a saint? Now, of course, you haven't done that perfectly. And I don't take you through that to make you feel condemned. There is now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And God has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. That's our past, present, and future sins. And so God's word, when it convicts us, it's never to make us beat ourselves up or feel lousy, but it's to correct us and to help us further align with who we are now as Christians. And it might be that if you're feeling restless, it may be because you have not been living in alignment with who you are now as a Christian. Maybe you've been living as if you are not the full recipient of God's love. And so you've been chasing it and craving it from the people around you and trying to extract it from people around you, uh, an amount of love that they're not just not capable of giving you because you're designed to receive that love from God. Or maybe you're restless because you've not been living in alignment with your identity as one who is called to be a saint. Maybe you've been chasing other callings that you've just sort of made up. Maybe you thought you were called to be, I don't know, I don't know what maybe it might be at the, the top of the food chain at your place of employment or uh, to be culturally relevant like your neighbors and to have nice things or whatever it might be. Maybe you're restless because you've been chasing false callings that other people have placed on you 
But God's calling upon you is to be set apart for him, to live in closeness with him and obedience to his ways and his commands. And that's what's so great about meditating on scripture in order to rest. It leads to true, deep down, soul level, identity level rest and wholeness and alignment. Now, here's what I'll leave you with before I pray with you. After I pray, I encourage you to visualize the next day you're about to live. Just think through uh, what you know is ahead tomorrow, what you can guess is ahead of you tomorrow, and just visualize yourself living through each hour of tomorrow fully in light of your identity as one who is loved by God and called to be a saint. Now, let me pray for you. Father, I pray that this individual you have brought to listen to this podcast right now would be deeply at peace as they meditate on your word. And as they visualize tomorrow, you would help them just see a vision from your word of what their life could be living in light of your love and your calling to be a saint. And that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit and empower them to live this way. We know they can only come through your Holy Spirit power. So let them depend on you joyfully uh, with a lightness of burden, knowing that you are bringing this about. Just the fact that you brought them to listen to this scripture right now is an indicator that you are bringing this uh, awesome life change about in them. And if an individual listening to this right now is not a Christian and has not received your love through Jesus Christ and has not received this calling to be a saint, would you please do that miracle work in their heart? Do that work in their heart tonight and uh, send them a Christian to talk to about it tomorrow that can help them and start to spiritually care for them. Now, trust them into your hands now in Jesus' name. Amen.